you know, um, welcome to the podcast. Uh, you know, I was thinking about this, that intro was kind of a gag, kind of dumb, uh, that intro music or chant or whatever it is. And, you know, we did it. It was fun. Time to move on. Time to do something else. Uh, that, that intro that you just heard, of course, is the Polynesian fertility chant and thought, okay, it's pretty weird. We'll move on to something else, but I got to tell you, dear podcast listeners, that that Polynesian fertility chant has been successful. So it stays. It has to stay now. Uh, in fact, the listener who suggested it be used in the podcast is the one who benefited from it. So I think that's just the all-time intro to the podcast now. So I just wanted to make everyone aware of that and uh, let you get a little peek behind the curtain to see how the sausage is made. I guess sausages are made behind curtains. Anyway, uh, we got quite a bit to get to today because in just a couple of days we went through the draft and then the first half of the season. So I got to cover a lot of this stuff. Uh, We'll do our draft grades, everybody's favorite part of the show. As you know, the draft grades uh, are assigned, every team is assigned a letter grade based on how they drafted, and this letter grade is determined by a very complex algorithm that's been years in the making. Uh, We've had the top minds in football and the top minds from uh, all around the world, places like NASA, uh, work on this algorithm. And so you know that it's accurate, that that draft grade perfectly represents the effectiveness of each team's draft. And I will also offer my comments, which are more of my opinion and less scientific. So we'll get to that. And everybody loves that part of the show. Uh, we'll, we'll hit all the drafts. And, and then after that, we've got to cover basically the first half of the season. So all of the development traits from the first half of the season uh, and some games we had. Last year we had a cluster of games right at the end of the year that everybody had to play, and this year there's a cluster of games kind of at the beginning of the year. So we'll cover all of those at least kind of briefly. Well, hopefully those people were clapping for your draft picks. Uh, But if they weren't, then they were probably clapping for the draft grades uh, in anticipation of the draft grades and how exciting they are. And we're just going to jump right into it and get to it. First up, we've got the Patriots. The Patriots, with the third overall pick, took Clinton Hamlin, who was that big physical receiver that missed the the combine, so we didn't know uh, what his physical attributes were going to be. And they were all right. He had 90 speed, pretty good strength. Pretty good catching ability, too. And the Patriots immediately moved him to tight end. We'll see how that works out for him. Uh, Third overall pick, and they're experimenting with him, so that's kind of interesting. Right now, I think he's an 80 overall, so looks like it could be working out all right. He does, Like I said, he does have good uh, catching abilities, so that could end up being a a decent pick for them. Uh, If you're playing him at tight end, you'd kind of hope he's taller, but... I don't know how much that matters on Madden. Uh, their second pick was the 23rd overall pick, and I believe this was the highest overall rated player in this uh, in this class. Uh, Henson at left guard 
and he's an 80 overall right now. I believe he has revealed as a star. That's a really solid pick. Uh, after that, the Patriots get kind of interesting. Uh, they went right tackle, middle linebacker. Uh, linebacker's okay. And then they went left guard, left tackle. So uh, in the first three rounds, in their first six picks, they took four offensive linemen. And that maybe is a little much. Now, all of these have got pretty good grades. I think right now the lowest guy on that of those linemen is a 69 overall, so they're all good players. I just got to wonder, like when you're picking players in the third round that conceivably should be contributing for your team, if you're drafting your fourth lineman of the, of the draft, is that guy going to get on the field? Uh, that'd be the only thing there. And that's going to bring the Patriots' grade down a little bit, I think. Um, like I said, they're decent players. I just, and I've known to double up on certain positions, especially if it's a position where I'm really needing some help and I need to maybe take uh, multiple stabs at it. I'll double up, but quadrupling up on the offensive line. Interesting, interesting choice. We'll see how that works out. If it does work out for the Patriots, a lot of those guys may be getting, uh, come up for contracts all at the same time, and that'll be interesting. And then the other thing is <laughs> is the Patriots special. Uh, the Patriots drafted fullback, punter, kicker, all in the same draft yet again. Maybe I'm not seeing the kicker on their roster, so maybe I'm remembering that wrong, but I thought they drafted all three. Uh, but either way, this is a team that now has three fullbacks and two punters. And so that's five roster spots for people who get on the field only a handful of times a game. And you're never going to have more than one of them out there, unless the Patriots are doing some very innovative uh, formation changing that we've never seen before, but I'm not aware that that's happening. Uh, if they are doing a two-punter formation, I'd really like to see it. I'd be curious to know how that's going. Um, so that's also bringing the Patriots' draft grade down just a little bit. Uh, especially when this is a team that is pretty thin at running back. Got a 30-year-old Deshaun Harrington as the starter, and then one one uh, backup behind that. Probably could have used another running back in there to add depth. That is the position that's most likely to get hurt. But I guess they got a bunch of fullbacks that they could put in at running back if they wanted to. Anyway, uh, that's more than I wanted to talk about the Patriots. The Patriots get a B-minus for their draft. Moving on to the Carolina Panthers. And the Panthers had the fourth pick and the 31st pick. With that fourth pick, the Panthers took Parrish Gilbert, uh, defensive end, run-stopping defensive end. This is a very good player, and he's going to be very effective for the Panthers. I just know he is. Uh, they lost Lee Newman, who was a run-stopping D-end, who was very good for them. And replacing him with uh, Parrish Gilbert, he'll be good. At the 31st pick, they took a left tackle, uh, somebody wall. Uh, he's a 71 overall. He's okay. If I remember right, he was not a hidden development trait, so that's a little disappointing when you're taking an offensive lineman in the first round and not getting a development trait. Yeah, he's he's a normal. He's a normie. Um, but he's from K-State, so the Panthers continue to collect the K-State players. They like K-State, I guess. Uh, them and the Chiefs sure like the K-State and KU players. After Wall, 
At wide receiver, we've got Davis, who has a receiver with 91 speed, is 68 overall. It's okay, second pick. He could develop. Uh, middle linebacker Tanner Olson, also from K-State, 67 overall. Uh, what's this guy's name? Bing, I think, at defensive tackle. My picture was not focused very well when I took a screenshot, so I'm having a hard time reading it. Uh, 69 overall D-tackle in the third round, and then uh, after that, a tight end Hughes, a 68. 68 overall ends up being a pretty good grade for a rookie tight end, especially if he's not a downfield guy. Um, it usually means that he can do a couple of different things. Uh, so that's probably going to be a pretty useful pick for the Panthers. Um, the Patriots can take note here. This is how you fill out your roster with a few different positions. You get decent rated players uh, across the board in different positions that will help you out and help you build depth. So not a lot of doubling up. You got uh, D end, left tackle, receiver, middle linebacker, D tackle, tight end. And then I believe there was a halfback taken later. Um, maybe another lineman or two in the later rounds to round out the depth there. Um, so that's the Panthers draft. I'd say that's a pretty good draft. I think that's a pretty good draft for the Panthers. They've had better ones in the past than this draft. I would also say that, but uh, pretty solid. Fill in, you know, fill in a few uh, spots where people have left and adding some depth at receiver and on the line and at linebacker. And as good as their roster is, depth is really kind of what they're doing right now. And some of these guys will end up being players later. So the Panthers get a B-. Next up, we have the Kansas City Chiefs. They had the 11th overall pick and then two second-round picks. And it looks like, now that I'm looking at the screenshot, they took three third-round picks. I wonder how the commissioner missed that. There may need to be some disciplinary action there. Hmm. All right, well, we'll, we'll think about that later. Uh, with these picks, the Chiefs took Thurman Stanford at left end. He's a 72 overall. This is going to be a speed rusher. I, I think he's going to be pretty good. I think he came out as a normal development trait, uh, but there were some draft stories about him, so I think you know, as soon as he gets some stats, he's going to have a chance to, to move up to a star uh, unless we make the Chiefs get rid of him as punishment for taking three third-round picks. Eh, we'll see about that. That could be tough. Yeah, he has a normal development trait, uh, but looks like he's got the tools to be a pretty good speed rusher there. Um, in the second round, they took uh, Matthias Wright, I think it was Matthias. Yeah, Matthias Wright, uh, 95 speed. So the Chiefs got themselves a burner, and they need one. We're going to see how it works out for them. In these early games in the season so far, they have not been able to hit shots down the field with them yet. Haven't quite figured it out. Um, but that was sorely needed in Kansas City, so that, that's going to help their grade. Uh, Mims at defensive tackle is a 70 overall. That's a decent pick. Uh, one of those three third-round picks, Edwards at running back, 92 speed. He's a 67 overall. That's a nice pick. Uh, Irvin Burney has been getting hurt a little bit the last few years. So uh, getting a, a backup for him was a really good idea. So there's a good pick for them. 
Uh, Holloway at tight end. I don't know if taking a tight end that early helps the Chiefs a lot. Maybe they didn't have much depth there. Uh, but they've got an X-Factor tight end. So not needing a guy that can play or that's going to play a bunch of snaps. Um, he's a 67 overall, 62 overall corner. Clark uh, was the third third-round pick. And uh, his overall is low, but he does have 94 speed. Um, he will probably be fairly useful to the Chiefs at some point. Chiefs, I uh, haven't looked at his man and zone coverage abilities. The Chiefs have been playing a lot more zone coverage in later, uh, later in this franchise, so uh, he'll need to do both probably in their defense. Uh, but he will contribute. Also got uh, Mark Malone at tackle, a 70 overall. That, that was uh, later. That had to have been in the fourth round or later. So that's a really good late-round pick for the Chiefs. So really some good picks for the Chiefs. Also violating league policy, so that's going to hurt their draft grade. Um, and a couple of uh, third-rounders, or one third-rounder in the low 60s, which isn't great. So the Chiefs get a B-minus subject to league review. Moving on to the Browns. The Browns uh, traded up to the number one and number two picks in the draft uh, as if they needed to do that and also had two seconds and then uh, a third and then they had traded away their fourth in one of those trades. So what did they get with the top two picks here? Well, they got Diamond Payne at receiver. This guy's a speedster. 95 speed, 91 acceleration, 95 agility. So that guy's going to be pretty tough to cover. And uh, he's a 77 overall. And then uh, Billingsley at middle linebacker. We were all really impressed with this guy coming out of college. And he's not going to disappoint. He's a 75 overall. Um, at least by overall rating, not the two highest rated guys on the board. But I, it doesn't really matter. They're going to be great uh, in Cleveland. Cleveland knows how to. Uh, Cleveland knows how to develop these sorts of players. So, yeah, both of those guys are going to be good for a long time. Also, be expensive for quite a while. Uh, in the second round, Riddick at right tackle. He's a seventy-two overall. Uh, the Browns did trade away some linemen, and they weren't tremendous to begin with. Um, so they definitely needed the help there. Uh, tight end Crockett. The Browns also had need at tight end. You could say that maybe they still do. He's a 68 overall. I don't know if that's a guy that's going to be starting for them or not. Uh, he can run. He's a nice vertical threat. Tucker at right guard uh, in the third round. Uh, 68 overall. Then a fullback in the fifth round. 70 overall fullback. So pretty good uh, pick for a fullback. And if Patriots fans are angry that I'm not... Um, Getting on the Browns about taking a fullback in the fifth round, well, they don't do it very often. And when they do, you know, they don't do it every year. And when they do, uh, they get a really, really good player there. So this Browns seem really young right now. So um, they can afford to go get those number one, number two picks a couple of times. And I think they'll work out okay for them. Uh, the Browns get a B. And lastly, we have the Packers. 
Uh, the Packers draft class, uh, fifth overall pick, Trenton Brown at middle linebacker, 73 overall, hidden development trade, 86 speed. He's very athletic. This was a huge need for the Packers. It has been for a number of years, really. And they finally address it, uh, so that's good. Uh, Jamal Drummond uh, was the 12th pick at corner, 71 overall, 95 speed. Uh, he has moved up a development trait, so that's working pretty well for the Packers. And, and they needed some athleticism there in the defensive backfield. And got a little interesting in the second round. Uh, I think his name is Travis. They took uh, Eckel, a receiver who had had some negative uh, draft press about dropping passes and practice and things like that. Um, but he's been excellent for the Packers so far. Uh, 69 overall receiver. He's got 90 speed, uh, really good catch in traffic and spectacular catch abilities. Six foot five receiver um, that's gonna outmuscle defenders. Uh, in the thirtieth pick of the second round, they got John Dawson as a backup running back, sixty eight overall, ninety two speed, good receiving back. Uh, so far, the Packers have not been thrilled with the way uh, he's played in the games that they've had. Um, it's still early in his career. He did have a chance to move off a development trait, but it didn't happen. Uh, in the third round, uh, Durham at corner, adding more speed and uh, ability to that secondary. He's a 66 overall player, so he'll contribute in the secondary. And Gary at tight end, trying to get another blocking tight end for the Packers because um, they're losing one this year and wanted to add some depth at that position. So a solid draft by the Packers. Um, I'm going to real quick look at who they may have drafted later because I don't remember. Um, this team also needed a punter, and they went and drafted one later. Uh, doubled up at middle linebacker, just trying to solidify that position. Uh, also later took a big athletic receiver, Jalen Alberry, and moved him to tight end. And we'll see if that works out. This team has had some success. Uh, transferring players to tight end and turning them into uh, big-time players. So they're trying to do it again. So far, the revolt, the re, the revolt, uh, the results have been uh, okay. That uh, there is some progress being made. So a really positive sign for the Packers on that pick. Um, so when we look at their draft grade, the Packers get an A plus. That means game recaps. And I don't really remember much about these games, so we're going to be fairly quick going through these. Uh, the first one was the classic Week 1 Browns and Patriots matchup. This was a 21-14 uh, Browns victory. And I don't think I even saw this game. I do know that the Browns just threw it over the Patriots defense a couple of times. Evan Lane had two touchdowns throwing to uh, Michael Sharp. Both of them were Michael Sharp. They also got their rookie receiver, Diamond Payne, who's got a pretty cool name, really. Uh, they got him involved for almost 100 yards. 
And for the Patriots, this was the Deshaun Harrington show. So Harrington, 17 carries, 108 yards, and two touchdowns, and six catches for 86 yards. So he's kind of carrying that offense right now. The Patriots may want to try to find a way to even out the workload um, for uh, for Deshaun Harrington on their offense. Uh, two interceptions for Lane, one for Thornhill. So, you know, there were some turnovers in this game, but it wasn't too bad. So, again, that's a 21-14 Cleveland victory. Uh, the next game that we had was... What was it? Oh, Packers and Chiefs. That was week three. A little bit of a kind of a weird game. Uh, The Packers won 23-0. And this was really, they just kind of throttled the Chiefs. Uh, A lot of tight man coverage on the Packers defense. uh, And the Chiefs just couldn't get anybody open. Uh, They tried to take a few shots downfield, but that rookie receiver isn't quite up to it yet. And they're just having a hard time getting people open. Uh, Tepper, the tight end, had a nice game. We'll talk about him a little later. Um, the Packers didn't play great on offense. Um, they didn't have to. But um, I think they led the way with their rookie tight end, Albury. And and really kind of an ugly game for both offenses, I would say. And it worked out for the Packers uh, more than the Chiefs. And then uh, the third game was in week five, the Panthers and Packers. And this was a 38-17 Panthers victory. Um, They really dominated. Their defense was particularly good, uh, as it always is. And uh, Corcoran, who has struggled with interceptions uh, the last couple of years, uh, threw some more in this game couple of defensive scores by the Panthers. Uh, there are also rumors that the Packers were trying to improve one of their defensive backs, so they may have called a defense to try to invite the Panthers to run the ball more than they threw the ball. Um, so that would not have helped the Packers if that was the case. Uh, and also just every once in a while you have some bizarre luck in Madden and uh, that was one of these. So I think it was a seven point Panthers lead, uh, right before halftime and the Packers, uh, on the last play of the half threw a screen pass and somehow the screen pass got batted around a couple of times and caught by a defensive lineman and run in for a touchdown. And it was, it was just a weird looking play that you you'd would hope would not happen in a close game where it's going to make a big difference. And this wasn't a close game, really, so not a big deal. But a couple of weird plays like that. Like I said, Carolina just cruised uh, near the end. They didn't have to do much other than just not screw it up. So Panthers beat the Packers. And those are the game recaps. Uh, We have one game to look forward to that we'll preview really quick. This is the uh, Chiefs and Patriots. And I believe that game's going to happen pretty soon here. But I'm still wanting to get this episode done. So we're not going to talk about it until next episode. Uh, Game preview. Uh, Vegas has got the Patriots by four and a half here. This is in New England. Chiefs are really struggling offensively right now. Um, Not able to get a running game going, which I'm not sure why, because they're usually pretty good running. 
Um, and the Patriots may have solved some of their offensive problems, but still not quite figuring out how to use some of their new players, particularly uh, the third overall pick that they moved to tight end, not getting integrated into the offense all that much. So that's a thing to watch for, to, to see if the Patriots can do that. And for the Chiefs, they just they got to get off the schneid, and they got to get some offense going, and they got to attack some on defense. I think if the Chiefs are going to win, we got to see some of those things happen. So that's your Chiefs-Patriots preview. This game won't be televised. None of us are going to get to see it. Uh, I have contacted the representatives for um, a reporter in the area that could report on this game. I've been hoping to do this. I don't have anything firm confirmed, but I'm hoping we're going to have some sort of beat reporter or some sort of person in the stadium that's going to report back to us about this game. So we'll see if that happens. If it doesn't, then that'll be disappointing. And that sound, as always, means it's time to talk about development traits for players, improving their abilities. So first on the list, this apparently happened over the offseason, is Brendan Tepper, the tight end for the Kansas City Chiefs. Now, this one is weird, and I'll tell you why, and I'd be interested to know if anybody's seen this happen before. This is an X-Factor player that's below an 80 overall. Now, I know that that happens pretty often to older guys. They become an X-Factor, and then they just stay one. Uh, but as their skills degrade, then they, you know, they drop into the lower ratings, but they can still be an X-Factor. But have we ever seen a guy in his second year become an X-Factor a player, but he's not an 80 overall yet? I, I don't know. Um, but he became an X-Factor tight end. He's a possession tight end. So his superstar X-Factor ability, <laughs> this is funny. His su- superstar X-Factor ability is protective custody which basically means he'll never fumble when he gets tackled. But in order for him to enter the zone, he has to rush for one-plus yards. Rush for one-plus yards. So I don't know if it's going to count that when he catches passes. I kind of doubt it. Um, But so I guess as a possession receiver, it gave him that. And he has no superstar abilities because he's still under an 80. So uh, weird things going on in Kansas City there. But I'm glad they got him to an X-Factor. Uh, maybe a little focused training for him might might get him into the 80s and, and give him some more abilities. But it's just a kind of an interesting thing going on there. Possession tight end, becoming an X-Factor. He's not going to fumble if he can just run for some uh, plays where he doesn't lose yardage with the football. So anyway, interesting. Um, next player that we're going to get to... And I just exited Discord, so I need to go back to it so I can see. Ah, yes, uh, wide receiver Lyle Walker Walker for the Panthers uh, became a star in Week 2. Emaw, former K-Stater, continuing the long tradition of tremendous receivers in the NFL with uh, Jordy Nelson and Tyler Lockett. Uh, Not much to talk about there. He's a speedy receiver, and he's moving up to a star I think this is his third year or so, so he'll probably get more opportunities to move up farther. 
uh, probably a useful third receiver for the Panthers. Um, after that, we've got cornerback Jamal Drummond for the Packers. Uh, went from a normal to a star. Uh, that happened in a game against the Panthers. And because the Packers weren't sure that Drummond would get a big play to push him over the top, they kind of invited the Panthers to run the ball a little bit and tried to keep the, the passing totals down, and they were able to do that. He may have had a tackle for loss at some point, and that also may have done it. Um, but Jamal Drummond, that really early round, or mid middle of the first round draft pick for the Packers, uh, becoming a star, so that's good. You want to get that guy developed quickly. And then for the Browns, Tavon Rucker, we all know Tavon Rucker, the running back drafted a year or two ago, uh, has now become an X-Factor. Uh, he had four touchdowns on six carries. Uh, so if if you've seen the Browns play, you know how this goes. They're just throwing bombs over people to their receivers, and then their receivers fall down at the inside the five, and then they get the running back the touchdown. I'm, I'm guessing that's what happened. This Browns team, uh, it looked for a little while like it was going to become a run-heavy team. It looks like they're headed back to where they began, which is get a bunch of fast receivers, get a couple that are big and really tough to handle, and we're going to chew up huge chunks of yardage, get a receiver that's elusive, or a running back that's a good receiver and that's elusive, run the ball some, but use him a bunch on screen passes. So they're a very space-oriented team right now, and they go for big chunks of yardage. Uh, that's very similar to when they had DK Metcalf and Terrence Silas and all those guys. So uh, I do need to look at what Tavon Rucker's ability is. That'll take me just a minute. Uh, so Rucker is a guy I don't think can carry the load in a game. He can't just have the ball over and over and over again because uh, he's been hurt a few times already. Um, but he is explosive when he has it. So yeah, he's a satellite. So he's he's an elite receiver. When he enters the zone, it increases his rates on possession and rat catches against single coverage. Again, I, I would like to learn what a rack catch is. Uh, I'm wondering if that just means he catches the ball on the run and somebody isn't hitting him immediately, that that, uh, that means it's a, he's got a higher degree there of catches. But he's also a post-flag elite. He's an 85 overall, so he's going to add at least one more ability when he gets to a 90, which I'm sure he will. Uh, so again, really dangerous space player there. 92 speed, 94 acceleration, 93 agility. Um, so yeah, dangerous guy in space. Tavon Rucker is an X factor. And then the last one we've got here is right in Devonte Todman for the Panthers goes to superstar. Did it by getting five and a half sacks in a game. And I don't know anything about this guy. So let's go look at him real quick. So the Panthers drafted Lee Newman's replacement with uh, not Todman, but maybe it was Todman. I thought it was somebody else. Spencer Bing? I don't know. Anyway, Devontae Todman looks like he's in his second year. 81 overall player that's now a superstar. And he's got pretty good speed for a 295-pound guy. He's 81 speed, 82 acceleration. Uh, good block shedding and strength. Decent pass rushing moves. 
uh, his ability is unfakeable. So if you're going to try to fake him out, it's not going to work. I don't know if that works with screen passes, but I know it, it doesn't work with uh, jet sweeps and play-action passing and that sort of thing. So Devontae Todman for the Panthers has gone to Superstar. So that covers our development traits. I think the Patriots may have had one too, but I don't see it on my list here, so maybe I'm wrong about that. So I think that probably does it for the podcast today. Thank you for listening.